0: Access more Glorious day fellow traveler Welcome to Science and God with Dr. G That's me, Dr. Michael Gillen Physicist, astronomer, mathematician And Christian That's right Living, breathing evidence that science and Christianity are not mortal enemies But good friends Actually, an awesome power couple Why did God create viruses? A study published by the National Academy of Sciences found that, get this, bacteria, viruses, and prions outweigh us humans by more than a thousand to (laughs) one. Yikes! We're surrounded! Anyway, it reminds me of what my late friend and famous sociobiologist Ed Wilson once told me. Michael, don't ever forget, it's the little things that run the world. And boy, Ed was right. You know, just look at what the SARS-CoV-2 virus did to us. In the blink of an eye, it brought the entire human civilization to its knees. So, why in the world did God create such nasty little creatures? Well, let's start with the basics, okay? Here's a quick introduction to the little things that run the world. Are you ready? Here we go. Bacteria are one celled organisms. Life doesn't get much simpler than that. By comparison, your body has 38 trillion cells. That's right. You have more cells in your body than the Milky Way has stars. And what's more, you also have 38 trillion bacteria cells in your body. (laughs) In other words, Half of you is bacterial. Hate to break it to you, but it's true. Bacteria can replicate and fast. Most bacteria divide once every 20 minutes. And finally, as you know, bacteria can cause lots of problems like strep throat, food poisoning, certain kinds of pneumonia, gastric ulcers, syphilis, and Lyme disease. Viruses, on the other hand, are tiny fragments of DNA or RNA tucked inside a protein capsule. Now, most viruses have DNAs that are about 7,000 to 20,000 molecules long. I know that sounds long, but it isn't. Because by comparison, your DNA is roughly 3 billion molecules long. Big difference. Another thing, since viruses don't have cells they don't replicate in a normal way instead like little demons they prowl the landscape looking for living hosts to possess they dig into the host's dna and use it to multiply themselves very clever that's what causes a pandemic it's just a virus that wants to replicate and it does so brilliantly at our expense. Pandemics, of course, are as old as time. They've been around forever. In fact, right now, your DNA carries an historical record of viruses that invaded and permanently altered the DNA of your ancestors. Yes, more than 8% of your DNA is riddled with the DNA of ancient viruses. That infected your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, all the way back to day one. Viruses, too, can cause lots of problems, as you know, like the measles, yellow fever, all kinds of colds and flus, encephalitis, AIDS, and rabies. Finally, prions. They're super weird because they don't have cells, and they don't have DNA or RNA. All they are is a single bizarre protein. And yet, they can replicate. How? Well, a prion multiplies simply by embracing normal proteins and instantly changing their shapes. Put another way prions have the power to shape shift normal proteins and poof! Turn them into prions. Pretty amazing. If you want to know more about these fabulous weirdos, I've put a link in my show notes below, so check it out. Needless to say, prions can cause lots of problems, like Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, fatal insomnia, scrapie in sheep, and mad cow disease. So, there you have it, my friend. The microscopic superstars... Of God's creation. So then we come back to the original question Why in the world did God create them? Well, because believe it or not, despite their ability to make us sick and even kill us, we need them to stay healthy. Yes, I know it sounds crazy, and science is still trying to figure it out, but we already have more than enough evidence to know. That it's true. That's right. Bacteria, viruses, and even prions are good for your health, okay? Let's start with bacteria. I've already told you that half your body's cells are bacterial. Why is that? Well, lots of reasons. First, you depend on bacteria to digest your food. Your gut is swarming with bacteria more than any other part of your body. Here are just three of the bacterial good guys, also called probiotics Bifidobacterium animalis, Bifidobacterium longum, and Lactobacillus rooter. Those are mouthfuls, but here's the thing these and lots of other good bacteria are killed off every time you take antibiotics, which these days, my friend, is way too often. All of us are guilty of that. That's why antibiotics make you nauseous. One way to make it better? Well, every time you take antibiotics, eat foods that are rich in probiotics, rich in good bacteria, like yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut. And buttermilk. That's what Laurel feeds me every time I take antibiotics. She's religious about it. (music) Antibiotics are also causing other huge problems. For one thing, and I'm sure you've heard about this, they're inadvertently creating superbacteria that are hard to kill. And get this, studies are now raising the possibility that antibiotics are contributing to the obesity crisis. Yes. How so? Well, precisely because they mess with your digestive system. They alter the way your body processes food. Here's how Dr. Leo Trisanda puts it. He's a pediatrician, a very well known one at NYU's School of Medicine. Quote Exposure to antibiotics, especially early in life, may kill off healthy bacteria that influence how we absorb nutrients into our bodies and would otherwise keep us lean. End quote. Now, the final verdict is not in yet, so stay tuned, okay? In the meantime, check out the link in my show notes below. All right, here we go. Second, your body depends on bacteria to protect you from bacteria. (laughs) I know that sounds nuts, but think of it this way. Your immune system fights fire with fire. It fights bad bacteria with good bacteria. Okay, doesn't that make sense? Good bacteria in your body protect you from all kinds of problems, from asthma and bowel disorders to yeast infections and heart disease. Even your skin, my friend, your skin is crawling with good bacteria. Listen to Dr. Julie Segre from the National Institutes of Health. Quote, We often have a sense that the bacteria that live on our skin are harmful, but these bacteria can play an important role in preventing skin infections, end quote. So there you have it. All right. Next, viruses. Well, given the COVID pandemic, I know it's hard to think of viruses in a positive way, but... Here are three quick examples of how viruses are actually good for you. Okay? One, the placenta of a pregnant woman works properly because of a virus that produces very special proteins called sensitins. Now you're going to hear that word pronounced in a whole lot of different ways, but these sensitins ensure that a placenta attaches securely to the mother's uterus. Now, that connection is all important because it's the lifeline to the growing fetus. It passes nutrients, hormones, and filtered oxygenated blood from the mom to the rapidly developing human being. In reverse, it passes carbon dioxide and other waste products from the fetus to its mother, whose body then Eliminates them, all right? Two, special viruses called bacteriophages have the power to keep bacteria in check. They're used in what's called phage therapy, which basically works like antibiotics. Now, ever since the early 1900s, phage therapy has been used to treat all kinds of bacterial infections. For example, dysentery. Dysentery causes fever, abdominal pain, and bloody diarrhea. It isn't pretty. By the 1920s, though, phage therapy fell out of favor. Why? Well, mostly because it was considered controversial for various reasons, okay? In the 1940s, when modern antibiotics were invented, phage therapy pretty much disappeared. But now it's a different story. With so many bacteria becoming resistant to modern antibiotics, phage therapy is making a comeback. Let me give you just one example, okay? A man became infected by a bacterium that made his aorta swell to nearly twice its normal size. Now, his doctor gave him every antibiotic in the book, but nothing worked. Right when the man was at death's door, his doctor decided to try phage therapy. He injected the man's swollen chest with 100 million bacteria-killing viruses called OMKO1. Believe it or not, by the way, the virus came from a lake, a lake in Connecticut. Anyway, guess what? It worked. The man's aorta shrank back to normal, and the man survived. Think about it. A bacteria-killing virus, a bacteriophage, fished out of an ordinary lake in New England (laughs) actually saved the man's life. Amazing. Three, scientists have figured out how to tame viruses. What's more, they're using these tamed viruses to treat people with all kinds of inherited diseases, like Duchenne muscular dystrophy, or sickle cell anemia, or cystic fibrosis. The technique is called viral vector-based gene therapy. And here's how it works. Scientists inject the patient with tamed viruses that invade the patient's DNA, neutralize the bad genes, and replace the bad genes with good ones. Now, right now, scientists are very close to using these tamed viruses to treat, or frankly, outright cure, hemophilia A. It's a blood clotting disorder that affects mostly males. Okay, The hope is that in the years to come, viral vector-based gene therapy will forever defeat Inherited diseases that have been around forever. We can only pray. Anyway, those inherited diseases that have been around forever include congenital blindness. That's right. Believe it or not, this technique that I'm talking about might very well give sight to the blind. Imagine that. Finally, prions. We don't know much about prions, they're very mysterious. But in the last 20 years, we've been discovering that even they deserve our gratitude. For example, prions appear to help brain cells stay healthy. In one study, mice deprived of prions became hyperactive. They suffered strokes and their brain cells died from overworking. Prions appear to boost immune systems as well. In one study, prions living inside a cell linked arms and literally formed a protein wall to stop an incoming virus. Prions appear to help organisms withstand harsh conditions like heat and drought. Studies show that prions called HSP-90 help keep your heart from quitting when you overexert yourself. And get this, prions also appear to help us remember things. Studies on mice brains show that the hippocampus needs prions, prions to form long-term memories. So there you have it, my friend. As I said, three of God's microscopic superstars We couldn't exist without them. Now, in journey number 52, I talked about how everything in God's perfect creation was fractured by our rebellion. I explained how a seemingly small event, you know, like Adam and Eve biting into forbidden fruit, can actually have cosmic consequences. If you haven't taken that journey, be sure to check it out. That's journey number 52. For now, here's my hope. The next time someone laughs at the idea of a loving God creating bacteria, viruses, and prions, I hope you'll set them straight. Yes, I know, it's a whole lot easier said than done. I get it. It's hard to rise above the harsh realities of life to look past the death and disease of this world. I lost loved ones to COVID, so I know. You know, but as a scientist and as a Christian, that's precisely what I'm called to do, to rise above the struggles of life, to look past appearances and behold the beauty behind the beast. You know, God created bacteria, viruses, and prions to keep us healthy, not to kill us. That tragedy is on us humans. The enemy tempted Adam and Eve to rebel. And suddenly God's perfect world was infected with death and disease. That's the world we live in now. A world where the enemy uses bacteria, viruses, and prions to harm innocent Men, women, and children. But here's the thing, my friend. God hasn't left us defenseless. No. You know, it reminds me of when we lived in Boston and our son was very young. Before he went out to play in bitter cold weather, we wrapped him up in warm clothes, okay? Well, that's what God has done for us. As protection against the storms of life, he's wrapped us up in amazing immune systems and given us amazing minds. You know, there's a hymn that goes like this. I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You see, today, the enemy uses bacteria, viruses, and prions for evil purposes. But with the minds that God has given us, we're turning them into something good. We're turning them into things that are challenging the enemy by defeating death and disease. With our God-given minds, my friend, we're turning bacteria, viruses, and prions into treatments and cures that are truly miraculous. Okay, that's it for now. Remember, this podcast is not a lecture series. It's a conversation. So now it's your turn. Comments, questions, I'm eager to hear from you. There's all kinds of ways you can connect up with me via my social media links in the show notes below. Till next time. I'm still Dr. G saying, I love science, I love God, I also love you, my fellow traveler. Thanks for listening.